Here we are back together again, just the way we should be, like pizza with pineapple on it. Mmm, pizza. It's the Lord of the Storm, and I'm your host, the obviously hungry Dan Parr. Thanks for tuning in. Well, unfortunately, I have no pizza for you today, but I do have the bread of life. So, even better. Today, we are in Acts chapter 17. Go ahead and turn there now in your Bibles. Fresh off the presses, I am reading from my easy-to-understand-and-read EUR Bible. You can get your own copy from Amazon.com. You've probably heard of the fact-checking website Snopes.com. Turns out, they're not the original. We've got some people who've been doing that for over 2,000 years now. Paul gets Jason arrested. Oops, let's ask for God's blessing. Once again, Father, we come before you in your word. Speak to us through it, we pray in Jesus' name. Acts 17. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Paul, as was his custom, went in and for three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. So did a large number of the devout Greeks and a good number of the leading women. But the unpersuaded Jews had some wicked men from the marketplace gather a crowd and set the city in an uproar. They attacked Jason's house and attempted to bring Paul and Silas out to the angry crowd. When they didn't find them there, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city rulers, saying, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason is housing them. They are breaking Caesar's laws, saying that there is another king, Jesus. The people and the city rulers were angry when they heard these things. When Jason and the brothers had posted bond, they let them go. That night, the believers immediately sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. When they arrived there, they went into the Jewish synagogue. The Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians, in that they received the word with an open mind and examined the scriptures daily to see whether the things Paul and Silas said were correct. Many of them believed, as did some prominent Greek women and a good number of men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God was being taught by Paul at Berea, they came there also, and again stirred up the people against them. Then the believers immediately sent Paul out to sea. But Silas and Timothy stayed there. Those who escorted Paul went with him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to Paul quickly, they left. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was troubled as he saw the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout people, and in the marketplace every day with those who met him. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also were speaking with him. Some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be promoting foreign gods, because he preached Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, Can you tell us more about what this new teaching is, the things which you are speaking about? This teaching is strange to us. We want to know more about what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there spent their time doing nothing else but telling or listening to new teachings. Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, You men of Athens, I can see that you are very religious in all things. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God, so that which you worship is unknown, I will explain to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. He isn't served by men's hands as though he needed anything, 
Since He is the one who made all things and gives life and breath to all, He made from one person every nation on the earth, having determined their proper times and where they should live, so that they should seek Him, so that they could reach out for Him and find Him, even though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live, move, and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, for we are also His children. Being the children of God, we should not think that His divine nature is like gold, silver, stone, or engraved by art and designed by man. Previously, God overlooked this ignorance. But now He commands that all people everywhere should turn from their sin, because He has set a day when He will judge the world in righteousness by the man He has appointed. He has assured people of this by raising this man from the dead. Now, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We want to hear more about this. At this, Paul left them. But some men joined with him and believed. Among those was Dionysus, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Once again, Paul finds himself in trouble because of the gospel. For the past three weeks, he had been preaching in a local Jewish synagogue, explaining Jesus to people and reasoning with them so they could see how he fills the messianic prophecies that they've read about all their lives. And some are persuaded and put their faith in Jesus, but then others, not so much, and it causes some believers to get arrested. Well, when he sees that he's wore out his welcome and his life is being threatened again, Paul leaves and goes to the city of Berea. And I love the subtle dig that Luke does here against the Thessalonians, at least in my reading, that's how I take it. Because he says, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. I can just imagine Luke wanting to say something about them, but knows that he shouldn't. So he puts it in the nicest way possible, just saying they're more noble in Berea than they are in Thessalonica. (laughs) Now, the Bereans do something really important as they listen to Paul. They validate what he's saying. What he was saying was different than what they knew, and they weren't going to buy it just because he was selling it. Nope. Instead, they did what we need to do also. Go back to the word and validate that it is the truth. I had a Sunday school teacher who would periodically say, don't just believe what I'm telling you. Follow up in scripture. Make sure what I'm telling you is correct. So Paul reasons with them and explains how Jesus fits the bill for the Messiah. I'm I'm reminded of a story of a well-respected journalist who was an unbeliever, who had a wife that became a follower of Christ. He couldn't believe that she could fall prey to such nonsense. So she challenged him. You're a man of reason. Examine the facts. Put your investigative skills to test on Jesus. See if he holds up. Well, you can just imagine what he found out. If you've not seen it, go to Amazon or Netflix right now and watch The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It's it's a book too, but watching it is much faster. Well, later on in the chapter, we find Paul in Athens now, surrounded by a bunch of philosophers and great thinkers, and he tells them all about Jesus, and they want to hear more. Again, some believe and some don't, but what stuck out to me during this part of the chapter was Paul's words about the future. He told them, God has set a day when he will judge the world. I don't know, just hearing that again today reminded me, this is going to happen. Jesus is coming back. A judgment is coming. Everyone is going to have to answer for what they've done. Those who don't have Jesus? Oof. I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus, but I encourage you, be like the Bereans, be like the journalist, investigate what I'm telling you right now. 
We don't know when Christ is coming back to take those who belong to him with him, but you don't want to miss that bus. His invitation to follow him is given to you. We're all sinners in need of his forgiveness. All of us at some point has lied, stolen in some way, lusted, and broken other commandments. Without the forgiveness Jesus offers, we are doomed. If you don't know him as your savior yet, go to him. Tell him you want to be forgiven and for him to be your savior. It's the most important thing you're ever going to do. So before you go to sleep tonight, have a conversation with God and make sure you get right with him. Let's pray. Father, for the one who doesn't know you, open their eyes and minds to the truth. Bring believers alongside them that will disciple them and point them to the truth of who Jesus is. May they make you, Jesus, their Lord and Savior. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you will take me up on the challenge to examine Christ if you haven't. It'll be a life-changing experience for you if you do. I trust the Lord is speaking to you during our time together. Listen and follow him and be saved. Thanks for listening today. God bless.